Dawn and Steve, welcome John Powell from Las Cruces, New Mexico, to share with us first a first-hand account of all that took place in New Mexico last weekend. Join the conversation anytime, 800-555-7898. Well, depending on where you are in this country, you may or may not have realized that during the Super Bowl, lots of us were watching, and there was an officer in Las Cruces, New Mexico, that was responding to a call of trespassing and when he arrived things went south very quickly and the officer lost his life we have pastor john powell from las cruces joining us this morning thank you so much for taking the time to address this i know that it, the police department there in las cruces is very near and dear to your heart john as part of a moody radio family as well what do you know by being around the police station even yesterday about the current standings with this officer and his passing well, uh, it is a busy place, and uh, in fact, uh, we've had uh, three chaplains from the Billy Graham Re uh, Rapid Response Team here with us, and I've uh, been going around to the uh, daily briefings and uh, also uh, talking with the uh, 911 operator and so forth. Um, and uh, it's it's a busy place, and it will be all the way up through next Wednesday when the funeral for Jonah Hernandez takes place. Mm. So Officer Hernandez is responding to this call on Super Bowl Sunday afternoon. W what happened? I mean, for those of us who maybe are not familiar with the story, we know that he'd lost his life, but how so? Well, um, the site is about a mile from where I am right now. And uh, at that site, it's a corner mm, about a block from the Gospel Rescue Mission and a another homeless shelter and a location where many homeless uh, hang out. And uh, so as uh, Joan Hernandez, officer uh, in Las Cruces Police Department, uh, approached he was jumped by uh, more than one. It's not clear exactly how many, but uh, yes, he was jumped with uh, no no warning, and uh, uh, they began stabbing him oh, multiple my times. Goodness. Mm -hmm. it, it's just hard to imagine, and I know they now know that the the fellow who took his life, took Officer Hernandez's life, he did have uh, mental health struggles through his life, and and. He lost his life. Uh, a bystander, as we understand, uh, was there to, and responded to what he saw when the officer went down and and then was able to neutralize that suspect. What do we know about that situation, John? Um, yes, that's, uh, that's what happened. Uh, the bystander had uh, been driving by. It was about 5 p.m. Sunday afternoon and uh, got out and approached and um, saw the officer down, went back to his car and retrieved the gun and um, was able to, uh, after uh, realizing that the assailant was then attacking him, uh, as you said, neutralize the assailant. Mm. And so how has the police department, in a sense, responded to this? Obviously, people are hurting, but... Um, what ministry have you seen going on there, and, and how has the church or the people kind of responded and supported the police at this time? Well, um, I myself am a law enforcement chaplain as well as a 
hospital chaplain here in town. And uh, the first situation that I came upon, I was called to one of the hospitals um, and uh, there was a death of a, another person. And the officers were, they, they sent me into the, into the room and I prayed with the family. And uh, then as they came out, uh, there were four or five officers standing there and they said, well, could you pray right now with us? And so we all gathered, and they, they gathered in a circle, held hands, and, uh, and I prayed for them then. Um, and then <clears throat> next day, um, we began meeting. Uh, my lead chaplain and I um, went to the 911 location because the 911 operators, of course, are traumatized. This is the first death of an uh an officer in Las Cruces in the 96 years that uh, it has existed, uh, an on-duty death, that is. And um, so everyone from the 911 operators to firemen that showed up, the one of the station three is uh, like 300 yards away from the site. So they got there very quickly. <clears throat> but... Uh, Officer Hernandez was a two-year veteran, and uh, I was there and prayed for the graduation group as they were graduated. And uh, so uh, these are young young officers. So one of the first things we did was gather with those of that graduating class that were available and spent time in prayer with them, and uh, along with the Billy Graham rapid response team that had come in. Uh, the uh, chief uh, responded to their offer, and uh, they did come in, and uh, three of them, as well as myself and the lead chaplain, are uh, going around to different locations where officers are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know this is a very difficult time for the Las Cruces community. And as Moody Radio has been part of that community for a long time, we're just, our hearts are with you and we are just heartbroken with you. And I know, John, that the um, police department there and the whole community is very near and dear to your heart as a pastor and as a chaplain there at the hospital as well as the police department. And we want to continue to pray and lift up the Las Cruces community. First officer down on duty yep. in the whole 96 years of the police force being in attack there in Las Cruces. That's just, yeah, that's that's the statistic you never hope to tell. And so That's we're right. grateful that you have joined us today and thank you for the time as we continue to partner with our Moody Radio family there in Las Cruces, praying, lifting y'all up. It is a difficult and devastating time. It is Pastor John Powell with us from Las Cruces, Moody Radio. You know, on uh, Monday, a lot of people were talking about some of the commercials that aired during the Super Bowl, and we talked about that a little bit. Certainly, um, there were people's favorites, you know, the State Farm commercial about the neighbor, and we had... Oh, you uh, did that well. Well, thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. And uh, the Dunkings, and th that was the Dunkin' Donuts uh, one with Ben Affleck and, and those. By the way, have you seen all the extra footage that they shot for that that did not make it? No. 
onto hilarious. the Super Bowl commercial. It is hilarious. Nice. I mean, there's a whole backstory about how Ben decided he was going to do this, and it ties back into Jennifer Lopez showing up at his commercial last year in his place of employment. Like they they almost made this into like wow. a little miniature miniseries. Like, exactly, <laughs> it's like a little four to five minute documentary, mockumentary kind of thing. Like it, it's actually pretty funny. Nice. And then they're throwing the football around. Matt Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are throwing the football around. You know when they're not shooting with uh, Tom Brady. Mm, yes, and, yes. Yeah, and just some of the humor that goes along with that. So little pun, little parody. Oh yeah, it, it's funny. So if you've not seen that, that that's lives out there on the internets, and you can you can find <laughs> that and uh, check that out. But one of the things that has been talked about quite a bit, at least in the Christian circles, has been the "He Gets Us" campaign. Yes, and the spending of an estimated close to seventeen million dollars for the seventy-five seconds of those two spots that ran. And I appreciate, and we talked about this Monday, I appreciate the fact that you know they're elevating Jesus to the conversation in culture. Mm-hmm. You know, people are at least maybe talking about Jesus. And I heard that more people actually Googled the name Jesus during the Super Bowl than they than around Christmas on Christmas Day. Wow. So I mean hopefully hmm. that is a yeah. good thing. Hopefully. Hopefully. I guess it depends on what links they then click on this as to whether or not I'm they're finding right the real mm-hmm. Jesus, right? Well, there's been a lot of debate as to, was that the most effective thing to say? Like, Jesus gets us. Or would it be more effective to say something like, Jesus saves us? And so people have responded to this, and there is uh, a video that's going around right now, and it's called, uh, He Saves Us. And people are calling it the Christian Super Bowl ad that they should have made. And I think it's fascinating. What they've done is they've gone and they've found people of some notoriety, some you would recognize, some you would not, but it starts with Kat Von D, former witch, and moves on to former transvestites, drug addicts, lesbian activists, all these different things that people used to be. The former right-hand person of Richard Dawkins. Yeah. I mean, just all all the things, right? Dude, I want to talk to him. Yeah, wouldn't that be a fascinating conversation? Yes. Yeah. Former KKK. Yeah. Member. Jihadist. Uh, yeah. And then at the end of that, it says, instead of he gets us, he saves us. Yeah. He transforms us. He forgives us. He cleanses us. He changes us. And it really is a much more gospel-centric message, and it's done in an extremely powerful, powerful way. And while, again, I'm glad Jesus is part of the cultural sure. con- conversation right now, I, I hope that those who are thinking about what we're going to offer the world in terms of a gospel message, we'll watch this video and say, okay, we can still produce something that is super compelling and will draw people in and something that people who don't know Jesus can identify with and point them to the transformative work and power of the gospel. And I do believe, uh, like what you're saying, that friends that have said, I like that he gets us because it brings Jesus' name into the conversation where before somebody might not want to talk about him at all. And yet then there is that message that it's it's pretty, you got to... You got to realize that it's a spiritual battle we're in. And so just to give a message of he gets us could continue to let somebody 
think that trying to live a good enough life is all they need to do because he gets us. And it could also send a message because our flesh so wants to be a firm that he gets us and it's okay. It's okay that we have sin in our life. It's okay that he's just going to wink at you because you tried. You tried to give your best. And that's not the plan that God put into place. That's not why Jesus had to die on the cross. He had to die because the wages of sin is death. And so to give anybody the false assurance that that sin nature if it's not covered by Jesus, it's going to get them to heaven. That We're loving them, if you want to put that in quotes, to hell. Right. And we do, and I know that's not the heart of a believer. We yeah. want to be able to tell the truth. And so to have an ad that says he saves us and to see these radically transformed people like Kat Von D. But even if we don't have a platform, every single one of us who follow Christ have repented of our sin. We have been radically transformed. Sure. It may not sound like the biggest story, but let me tell you, the angels disagree. Yeah, right. They rejoice in heaven. And it reminds me, and in fact, the commercial actually closes with this as well, but it reminds me of the Apostle Paul's words um, to the church. He says, and this is what some of you were. Yes. Right. And just pointing to the transformative power of the gospel. And so as we think about how we engage culture, and how we talk about Jesus. Yeah, we want to be relevant to culture today, but I don't think we want to water anything down ever. Because as you said, that's a scary thing Mm -hmm. to potentially love people right into hell because we're a little nervous about, well, if I I share the gospel with them, they might be offended. Uh, The gospel's offensive. It sure is. It is. Because the very first thing we have to do is recognize the fact that we're a sinner. Yes. A lot of us don't want to do that. No. And so I I, uh, just encourage us as we think about sharing our faith, let's, with love, also be bold and clear and direct as to what the gospel actually is. And we at Moody Radio want to give you tools to help you stay bold and clear. And if there are scripture verses that you love to kind of track along with so that you know where to direct people in scripture, this may be a tool for you. Or if you're thinking, I I am not 100% sure that I have surrendered, that I've acknowledged my sin, this may be a tool to help further that conversation with the Lord. Here it is. It's our mymoodyradio.org. It's it's our website. And in that upper right-hand corner, it says how to know Christ. And that's where we will give you a lot of different verses, understanding more about our sin nature. And we say this from a point of humility because we know we have a sin nature and that we can offer the Lord nothing except to repent and, and accept Jesus as that Savior because he already paid the penalty, which was death. And then the power of the resurrection gave him authority to forgive our sin. It's amazing yeah. grace. So mymoodyradio.org, that upper right-hand corner, how to know Christ as we celebrate on this Friday that he saves us. And he saves us for relationship and for eternity. Moody Radio. I say The Five Love Languages by Dr. Gary Chapman, and you say... Best seller. New York Times bestseller used by so many people, and uh, God has used that 
uh, in so many different ways in so many different people's lives. Um, it's really incredible how you will hear someone even on like a secular television show or in a in a movie that something about a love tank. Or a f- oh yeah, yeah, or f- or a love language, and that is certainly what Dr. Chapman has taught us for years. And yes, impacted so many. And and it's even it started out in Christian circles and kind of made its rounds it in has churches, exploded into cultural phenomena in so many different little arenas and camps. Even on TikTok, it's been a thing. <laughs> even on TikTok, dating apps, and as I mentioned, TV and movies. It's it's just kind of funny. And when you hear that reference, if if you're familiar with the work of Dr. Chapman, you go, oh. I know what that is. Yep. You may not say Dr. Gary Chapman, but I know what you're referencing. Well, it turns out that some researchers in Canada recently decided, uh, we want to take a little deeper dive into this. And we want to see if it really matters whether or not you can speak the love language of your loved ones. And of course, Dr. Chapman has kind of parlayed this into a love language book for teens so that we can understand our teens better. And there are several different kind of, I would call them almost compartmentalized so that you understand that person better. Okay. Do you know what I mean? I think I'm like tracking teens with you. or, yeah. Love of, languages in the workplace, mm, love language here yes, and there. Yeah. All yeah. of those different um, aspects of it. And so what the researchers found as they went into this, that highlighting one love language over another doesn't necessarily lead to a happier relationship. Which I find very interesting that the data would bear that out because of so many people who have said, no, this really did help when I started to understand. I thought I was telling my person that I love them, but it was falling flat because it's not how they received love. Well, and I think that is just it. So many of us of the five love languages may have a primary, a secondary, and a tertiary love language. And so I understand where they're saying that it's not just if you hone in on one specific love language, they're automatically going to be feeling love because, you know, we do, in a sense, can relate to all five of these, at least on some level. Uh, But I do, like you said, I do think that if we know what our person's love language is, at least their primary and secondary one, and we emphasize that more than the other, that is bound to show that we care. They're bound to see that, pick up on that in a little bit, unless that person is so far gone, yes. unless that relationship is so horrifically damaged that it doesn't matter what a person does. If the abuse has been so bad, if the infidelity has gone on for so long, if it, whatever, you know, these extreme. Sure. That at that point, people may just say, I don't care what love language you're speaking to me. I'm done with you. Too little, too and late. That, too little, mm-hmm. too late. But generally, in relatively healthy speaking relationships, sure? I would think that those love languages have got to make a difference. They do. And even though the research out of Canada is saying that, you know, you do have to understand that all of them do kind of apply at some level, like you said, the primary, the secondary, the tertiary. I just but the, their their argument is and it, it's not to put down the work, but their argument is it's not like learning a language per se, the love language, but that you do need to be more in tune then maybe something primary because some of us are so black and white. It's like, okay, if physical touch is your love language, then that's the only way that I realize that I'm going to be able to share with you that I love you or gifts. 
Here's the other thing that I find interesting about love languages. They can change over time. That, that's true, too. That surprised me because I would have thought in my younger years that I would have always held on to that. It's kind of, you know, what what makes you sing. And then because it was gifts for me. I always okay. loved gifts. And now I'm like, no, please don't do that. <laughs> don't spend the money on that. Dr. Chapman had a response to this. And when we come back, we will tell you about that response as he was asked about the Canadian research. It's Don and Steve in the morning, Moody Radio. Well, we're talking about the five love languages. Gary Chapman, best-selling book that many of you probably have read, maybe you've heard about, maybe you've listened to the show on Saturday mornings on uh, Moody Radio. Well, it may not be morning, depending on where you're listening. <laughs> right. But True. on Saturdays on uh, Moody Radio, you hear uh, building relationships with uh, Dr. Gary Chapman and Chris and Andrea Fabry. Um, there's a study that mm-hmm. came out by some mm-hmm. Canadian scientists who took a look at the five love languages and said, all right, now we're wondering if this is all that it's been cracked up to be. They've come out with some results that have challenged some of the things and maybe some of the things that we believed about the five love languages. And you said Gary had a response to this? Yeah. So they, they said love's not akin to a language that one needs to learn to speak, but it can be more appropriately understood as a balanced diet. Kind of, you know, what you had said a moment ago. It, it's one primary maybe, except that we have to learn that it it takes a lot of different things to continue to tell others that they're loved. And Dr. Chapman was asked about this, and he said, among other things, that the more research on this topic the more research done, the better. Oh, he good. thinks it's great that yeah. they're looking into it because I suspect it's not a full report on what Dr. Chapman has replied with, but I suspect that because of his care and love for people and their relationships, he would want to know if there's something that you can add or tweak. By and large, though, the five love languages and all the iterations of it have helped us speak a language to communicate to one another that we didn't have the tool to do prior to knowing that. Sure. And I know during the break you were taking the five love languages quiz. Yeah, because it's been a minute. Yeah, and me too. So did you finish? No. Oh, I'm still working on that. I'm a little slow. Come on, Slowpoke. I know. I know. We'll play a song and I'll finish it. All right. All right. <laughs> we'll find out what uh, your results were coming up in just a moment. Don and Steve in the morning on Moody Radio. Uh, did you get it done? It. I did. I kind of wish I had the one from yesteryear to compare this to, but I never remember that uh, it was receiving gifts was my top love language back in the day when we first married and the first several years. It has flipped. Now uh, gifts are very near the bottom. Words of affirmation at the very top. Okay. Yes. Words. Using yeah. words. Uh huh. Quality time and acts of service are tied for me. In second place? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And wow. then receiving gifts and physical touch is on the bottom, which is kind of funny to me. But yeah, that's words of affirmation. That's my that's number you. one love that's language. It, huh? it is. That's what's so cool about what Dr. Chapman has done, the five love languages.com, and it's the number five. Uh, there is a quiz. Should you be curious about how love is communicated to you? And even better, how your loved one is communicated love and it gives you like i'm a teenager i'm an adult all the different variances so that you can learn more about the ones you love and yourself well again if you want to check it out five love languages.com remind me what your top one was oh my top physical touch 
Physical touch, followed by? Quality time. Yes. Acts of service. Words of affirmation coming in at number four. And all the way down at the bottom with 0% receiving gifts. Wow, 0%. Zero. Zero. Yep. Interesting. That didn't surprise me. Oh, it didn't. Okay. No. Well, there you go. So if you're looking for this, I'll go ahead and put it on our Facebook page so it's easier to find. You can also text and we can send you that link. So no matter what the researchers are looking at, and understandably so, Dr. Chapman says, you know what? The more we can learn to love one another, the better our relationships will be. So Donna Steve of the Morning on Facebook or 800-555-7898.